You're listening to I Can't Wait to Tell You with Casey Edward featuring Scott Simon, episode 62. Welcome to I Can't Wait to Tell You, a podcast I created to share with you my knowledge, stories, and experiences on spirituality, food, health, mindset, and on life in general. My goal is to tell you everything I wish I had known when I decided to take control of my reality and start living the life of my dreams. We all deserve to make some magic, so let's jump right in because there are so many things I can't wait to tell you. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of I Can't Wait to Tell You. I am your host, Casey. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today, I am very excited because I had the pleasure of interviewing Scott Simon of Scare Your Soul. I've been wanting to have Scott on since I heard about Scare Your Soul, honestly, because Scare Your Soul has changed my life in so many ways, and I really wanted to get to know the person behind such an impactful movement. And this episode is amazing because we dive into so many great topics. And just a few of them are how saying yes completely changed the trajectory of Scott's life, how Scott changed his mindset to start utilizing fear as a tool, why being of service not only benefits someone else, but also you, and how Scare Your Soul evolved and what it is. And that is just a brief (laughs) synopsis of what we talk about in this show. And Scott is truly such an amazing human and a wise soul, as you will hear in this episode, and someone that I'm truly grateful to know. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. All right, everyone. So today I am here with Scott Simon. I am so excited. Scott is the founder and CEO of the Scare Your Soul movement, as well as a happiness expert who has studied the science of happiness and delivered talks all over the world, such as a TED Talk on experiential happiness. I have had the pleasure of being affected by, in the best way, the Scare Your Soul movement. So I'm so excited to have Scott on. So Scott, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, Casey, I'm so excited. <laughs> so why don't you tell, before we dive into everything, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? So I'm here on a beautiful morning in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, which is home base for me. Um, and I am a, a single dad with two amazing kids um, and uh, really with somebody who grew up incredibly shy and fearful. And that to me is kind of the root of where all of this springs. Um, When I really think of where I came from, it came from a place of really wanting to be invisible. And I look at my life now and I just count my blessings every single day because I get to lead a life, not that is free from fear. I'm actually in a way a very fearful person, but I choose fear as a beacon, something to walk towards in life as opposed to something to walk away from. And to me, that changes everything. So my life has been this kind of interesting journey of going from a place of feeling really, really um, uh, powerless to feeling like I am powerful in every possible way that I can be in my life. And the opportunity to kind of share that with other people, um, share my struggles, my vulnerabilities is uh, it's exactly where I want to be. So 
Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm really psyched to, and to talk to you and look at the two of us twins wearing the exact same shirt. Um, when you find something that you're so passionate about and it, and it lights you up and it enlivens you and you get to share it with other people, I mean, what could be better? Yes. Yes. I love that so much. And so I know that you mentioned on your website that you had this one pivotal moment in your early adult life. You were on an overseas flight for a teaching job in Israel, and that's yeah. when you decided to give up acting out of fear. So what was that moment like, the moment that you decided to stop living out of fear? How did you go about that? Like, it seems so perfect. I'm like, yeah, I stopped living out of fear, but what was that like? What was the mental process like to decide? Yeah, so I don't know if you've had moments like this in your life where literally it's like one door closes and another opens. And, and that's truly how it felt. So I had, I had graduated from college. I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, somebody recommended that I do a teaching program and I kind of just said yes, and, and, and so I was on this flight, I had my journal in front of me, I'm a big journaler, and I, I was kind of questioning, like, why am I doing this? I have no idea why, it feels so aimless, um, I'm so scared, I don't know anybody there, I'm going for a year, um, and I just literally thought to myself, you know what, nobody there knows me. Uh, all of the baggage and crap from my past, nobody knows. and I can screw up or, or I can succeed and, and it'll be just on my own merits. And that whole feeling of not people not knowing me and kind of having a fresh slate gave me this incredible moment where I said to myself, I'm just going to say yes for an entire year. And if I screw up in two weeks and I'm a failure, I'll get on a flight and come home. It's like, I've got nothing to lose. And that feeling of nothing to lose and that feeling of having a blank slate allowed me to say yes for the first time probably in my life. And saying yes to me meant pushing my comfort zone. I didn't phrase it that way to myself, but now I look back on it. It was about putting myself in uncomfortable positions every single day if I could. And I did. And it, it made everything it made everything happen. I don't know if you've read, so Shonda Rhimes wrote a book a couple of years ago called The Year of Yet. And I read it and I said, that was me. Like I literally had a year of yes where I, I said yes to my life. I said yes to uncomfortable positions. I, I said yes to every new responsibility or adventure I could go on. And when I came home from that year, I was a different person. And I've my life, it changed me in every possible way. And I still feel like I'm on fire since then. I, uh, and, and so, you know, there are just those moments. And so what was a moment for you? Like, can you think of a pivotal moment that happened in your life where you kind of were down one path and all of a sudden it veered you to another, another place? Yeah. The, the example I talk about all the time is I was a full-time nanny. I was in my you know early twenties. I'm 23. I'm feeling kind of lost. I had had all these different jobs. I'm like, what should I do? And I remember hearing now I get, I know that it was my intuition, but I remember hearing yoga teacher training and I did not even do yoga at the time. So I was kind of like, who said that? And what? Like, no, how, you know, like, let me just invest 3000 $4,000 in this teacher training. And all of these stories, right? All of the mental stories, but I just, something came over me and I just said yes. And it changed my life completely. Yeah. Yeah. And so to me, what, what fascinates me and motivates me is 
What do we need to say yes to? And what can get us to yes? Mm-hmm. Because like, I have fears every day. I'm afraid of something all the time. It, it, it doesn't feel like fear to me. It feels like a reticence. It feels like something I want to walk away from as opposed to walk towards. Mm-hmm. And to me, the question is, what can we do to say yes to that? Because if we can identify that emotion and walk into it, which is not our normal. I mean, I went and got a degree in positive psychology where we study fear and we study obstacle and we study challenge and it's it's in us like we're not meant to touch a hot stove like there is something in us as human beings that we don't walk out into a busy street there's a reason for that yeah. uh, or walk towards a charging elephant yeah. <laughs> but the question is what are true we call them either true fears or toxic fears what's a true fear and what's a toxic fear and if we can identify those toxic fears and walk into them as opposed to walking away to me that is where the best things in life happen and look at what you did you you made that you walked into that one fear and it changed your life mm. the whole what you're doing now that that one decision to walk towards yoga and i did too by the way yoga had a huge impact on my life too <laughs> It changes everything. And I look back now and I can't even imagine what my life would be like if I hadn't said yes to those things that scared the crap out of me. That is so powerful. And we all go through this every day, you know, whether it be little things like for me, my anxiety used to be so bad that even going in to get a coffee would be kind of a big thing I'd have to ramp myself up for. Like, okay, I know order. I have my money ready. It's going to (laughs) go smoothly. (laughs) But, you know, big, bigger scale things in terms of life, like big, big things. So when you first started saying yes to things, was it kind of like you noticed the fear you were like, okay, there's the fear. You expected it. And then you said yes anyway. What was that process like discerning between the toxic and the true? Yeah. So I almost, and I don't do it anymore, but I almost felt like I was talking to myself all the time. There was like an internal monologue happening, which was, okay, how do I feel? I feel fearful. Okay. Um, is it safe? Is, is what I'm thinking safe? That's always my first, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I did end up jumping out of an airplane <laughs> with a huge fear of ice. That was one that was on the sea and, and it, that was totally transformative by the way. But um, <laughs> so safety, was, safety was number one. And then the second one was like, how do I feel in my body? Mm. And if I felt this strange, um, I get like butterflies in my stomach. That's my kind of like thing. Like mm-hmm. that tells me that I'm a, a kind of nervous or afraid about something. But if there was a positive nervousness, it was a feeling of like excited nervousness. If the butterflies were there, but I felt like, oh, if I did this, like something great could happen. I'll give you like a total random example. Yes. And I say this to people all the time because it's so identifiable. Mm-hmm. I'm sending you to a restaurant by yourself to have lunch mm-hmm. and you can't bring your phone and you have to sit alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, can you feel like it's not big? You, yeah. You've been a thousand restaurants, yeah. but the thought of sitting there with nothing to write with, nothing to read. <laughs> Where do I go? Thoughts, no phone. How are people? So all these things start coming up. Yeah. What are people going to think of me? Am, am I going to look like a psychopath? Mm. Am I going to be bored? How am I going to deal with that? Um, am I going to have to deal with my own thoughts? This very simple thing starts raising all these, all these emotions. But if you actually did it, think about how amazing that would be. You'd probably walk out like, kind of on fire yeah. <laughs> like in the moment and you did it. And 
to me, that kind of monologue, that internal monologue stuck with me for a long time. Now it just seems like second nature mm. where I, I feel it and I'd like do it. Yes. And, and that to me, uh, it, it, people say to me, what's success in Scare Your Soul? Scare Your Soul to me is an ongoing daily working of the courage muscle. Mm -hmm. But if you can do it in such a way that it just feels like second nature, like that feels uncomfortable, I'm going to do it right now that's like nirvana to me. Mm -hmm. Like that is exactly where I want to be because when we do that, it's almost like a garden is on the other side of that. Mm -hmm. There's like a beautiful garden on the other side of fear. And if we can get ourselves to walk through it constantly, we're living in that garden. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's what I think the beauty of scare your soul is all about is what does life look like when we do that? And, and I'll, I'll just put this right back to you you inspire people to do that all the time. Mm -hmm. And so you're doing it and you're inspiring other people and you're creating a community around it. And, and that's what I want to do. And I think we are doing. And to me, that's the most powerful thing there is because there's so much fear and crap in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And if we can all just in little ways, every single day, push ourselves and connect with other people while we're doing it, that's going to change the world. Yes. I could not, could not agree more. Could not agree more. And so tell us a little bit about, you know, you, you have this year of yes. And then what was the evolution of, okay, I'm going to dive into studying happiness and psychology yeah. and the evolution of what now became Scare Your Soul. But give us a little insight to that journey once you got back. So uh, I, I basically just lived my life for about eight or nine years, um, pushing myself every single day. I continued this practice, um, but just kind of not organizing anything around it, not writing about it, not speaking about it by any means. Um, but I think I was kind of like honing my self and honing my skills. Um, and then something happened. Um, it was another one of those moments. So I was on a yoga retreat actually in, in, um, Massachusetts and, um, the, the kind of the yoga class that I was going to be part of was oversold. And I was pretty frustrated because I had traveled, um, to Massachusetts to go to this yoga retreat. So I went to the front desk and I said, okay, like what else is, what else is happening at this yoga retreat center? And they looked at the, at the list and they said, well, there is a guy from Harvard teaching the science of happiness for the weekend. And I kind of went, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. And I, I entered this seminar with a guy named Tal Ben-Shahar, who at that point had the largest class at Harvard called the science of happiness. And I knew about halfway through that my life had been changed. That, I mean, it gives me like the goosebumps to actually thinking about that moment and the fact that it almost didn't happen because I don't even know what my life would look like if it didn't. Right. But I got exposed to a whole uh, segment of the world uh, where people study happy people and they study people who are high functioning and have a great deal of, of well-being and, and joy in their lives. And they study those people and they test out interventions that make those people's lives better. And they, and these are academics and they're tech people and they're coaches and they're health and wellness professionals. And I entered a world that I didn't know existed, but now feel a part of. And 
I went back and got a, a certification with Tal, who is now a mentor and a rock star in my life. And I've met so many people who are brilliant and motivating and inspiring to me. Um, each year I've gone to the World Happiness Summit, which everybody should go to, <laughs> where hundreds of people from around the world who study and practice joy and flow and, um, and, and yoga and meditation um, uh, get together and share insights and ideas. And uh, to me, that changed everything. I, I, did, I created a, a happiness incubator um, in, in my hometown where we planned about 30 events that were all focused on positive psychology, all about surprise and getting people to a place of happiness and joy communally. Um, I was lucky enough to do a TED talk, which was <laughs> a bucket list experience to say the least. It was awesome and, in every way. And, um, and then after doing that for a few years, it, it kind of became clear to me that the common link between everything that we were doing in my happiness work all tied back to pushing comfort zones. Mm. That, and I, I, I really do believe happiness is our goal and fear is the key that unlocks it. Mm. That is, if, if, if I had to give you my mantra, that mm. is it. Happiness is the goal and fear is the key that unlocks it. And it just, it came so clear to me and that's where Scare Your Soul was born, was, okay, what do we do with that? How do we, how do we encourage other people to do that? Um, and we started with a three-day challenge. I put it out on Facebook when Facebook was what we all wanted Facebook to be. <laughs> and, uh, and that one post where I said, listen, I'm doing three things over three days that are going to push my comfort zone. Do you want to do that too? Blew up. It got shared hundreds of times and, and people in Amsterdam were doing it and in Pakistan. And it's just the energy around people doing things that they know they should do, but they just needed a little push or a little permission. And that to me was the day that Scare Your Soul was born because it was just like, okay, let's do this. And then since then, it's been just it went, we went from quarterly challenges to monthly challenges to weekly challenges. Now we have a daily challenge and it's all about working that courage muscle. And it's so going back a little bit beautiful that the day that you could have just went back to your dorm or wherever you were staying at, was it Kripalu? Yeah, it was at Kripalu. You could have just went back instead though, you said yes to something and that came full circle from your year of yes. And it's like, when you see those steps in your life and you look back and you're like, huh, okay, that's all starting to make sense and fell into place. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Lo love that. And yeah. I originally heard about Scare Your Soul through Richie, who has been on the show. I saw him posting about the, the first one I ever did without even knowing what Scare Your Soul was, was buying coffee for a stranger. And so I had a gift card to Starbucks or bought a gift card to Starbucks and I was checking out and it, it came to me. I remembered it and I offered it to the, she had to be 16 year old bagger. And I was like, Oh, like, I don't know if I'll use this. Would you want it? Like gave her the Starbucks gift card, made her day. She got all red and shy. And that was like something in me, just like you said, clicked. Yeah. It's something clicks and you can feel it, but it's so interesting because why is it so hard for us to get past these fears? 
you know, what is it just because that's how our brain is wired to protect us? So I think that, that that's certainly part of it is that we have a natural aversion to things that we feel like are outside of that. I call it a comfort zone. We, we all call it a comfort zone, but really it is a true comfort zone. It's, it's that mode that we operate in to survive every single day. And so I think that, yes, there's a natural reticence to it. But I think it's more than that. It is, there is such a fear around what people are going to think of us mm-hmm. and what's going to happen if we step into that space where, like, my kids laugh at me all the time because I talk to people in elevators and they're like, Dad, you can't do that. You cannot talk to people in <laughs> elevators. It's like, I'm like, why not? Like, I talk to people in line at coffee. It's no different. And they're like, right. <laughs> like but to me, it's like, I, I want to put myself in that spot where it's like outside of my comfort zone. And inevitably, there's going to be something joyful that happens from that. I, I did the same thing on the same day as you. I do every single Scare Your Soul challenge myself. And when I bought coffee for somebody, it, it, it did feel odd. It felt uncomfortable because you don't know what's going to happen. You, we all love a little sense of control in our lives. And sometimes giving up that sense of control is really hard and it's, it can be really fearful. Um, we don't know how that person's gonna react. Um, and we don't want it to go badly. You know, there are all of these layers that we have put on ourselves. Like we wanna succeed, we wanna be perfect. We want, you know, we want our Instagram photos to look amazing. And, and so we, by, by, by consciously putting ourselves in those situations, we open ourselves up to joy and surprise and adventure and all of those things and connection. Mm-hmm. So when I did mine, I was at a Starbucks and I, I, there was a woman next to me and I, I said, you know, hey, I'm doing this challenge today. Could I buy you a cup of coffee? And her face lit up and she said to me, I've been having the worst day. This is exactly what I need. And then the person behind the counter started smiling. The people behind me were starting to figure out what was going on. So by one little action, I created this bloom of happiness around me. And the happiest person was me. <laughs> I was happy to get a cup of coffee and to have somebody be nice. But, but to me, I walked out to my car and I was like, that was the highlight of my day. One little thing that took me out of the comfort zone was the highlight of my day. Now, what can I do tomorrow? What, what can we do the following day? And then to me, you know, again, to go back to the science, courage is like a muscle. You don't jump out of an airplane once and you're all of a sudden you're like Teflon. Like <laughs> it's actually small things that we do every single day that make the shift. It's like going to the gym. One workout session is not going to do it. Mm-hmm. But if you go every day and you work a muscle every day in six months, you're going to be so much stronger. That muscle is going to be so much bigger. And courage is exactly the same thing. So to me, it's like, it isn't about skydiving or, or um, the, the big things that people are putting at, somebody wanted to like drape a snake over them. And like, <laughs> I'm like, you can do that. If that's what you want, you can do that. I don't want to stop you. But it's really like buying the cup of coffee for a stranger or making a phone call to somebody and just saying, hey, listen, I, I've been a crappy friend. I haven't called. This is really uncomfortable for me to do, but I miss you. Like that. That's scare your soul to me. That's creating connection because you've been, you've been afraid to make that call. We've all been in that place. 
or you have to apologize for something, or mm-hmm. you have to have a tough conversation, say no to somebody, mm-hmm. and we put that stuff off and it sits on our shoulder. But Scare Your Soul says like, dude, pick up the phone, like do that thing. And I don't want to say always, because I can't promise always, but like 99% of the time, it was the right thing to do. And you're going to feel so much better when you do it. Yes. I couldn't agree more because I think that especially in our day and age of, you could just shoot a text, right? Hey, hope all's well with you. And that just isn't enough. And I think that we've lost a little bit of personal connections, right? Like the in-person buying someone a coffee is so interesting because you're like, oh, I'm interacting with a stranger. But it's so funny because one scarier soul I've taken upon myself over the past few years, I always end up in the situation. I don't know how I'll be out for a run or a walk and I'll notice a group of three or four or five people, maybe tourists or someone they're taking photos and they're all just like switching off who's taking the photos. And I'll go up and be like, Hey, would you want me to take a photo of all of you? Their day. would. And it's awkward. Like I'm walking up and like, I'm like, I hope I seem approachable. I'm trying to walk up like a normal manner, but you know, it's the little things. And that's scary. Soul has just taught me so much about speaking your truth. Also. Like, I think yeah. that we are so comfortable behind screens and stuff, but like you said, calling someone and just owning up to, I haven't been there for you. I'm sorry. I miss you so hard for the mind. But once you, like you said, once you make that call, oh my gosh, it's like the floodgates open and then you want to do something else. You do. And, and then when the big thing actually hits, mm-hmm. you're ready. Yes. Right? Like mm-hmm. when, you, when you have to, when you're, when you're moving to a mm-hmm. new city or you're quitting a job or you're, you're do, or you're asking somebody to get married. I mean, those big, you're, you're ready. Mm-hmm. You have it. You have that seed of confidence in you because you bought coffee for a stranger or you took photos of somebody and, and inserted yourself into their life for 10 seconds. Yeah. Um, to me, that's, that's so beautiful because who wants to lead a life where we're in this bubble? Like, who wants it? Mm-hmm. Don't we want joy and connection and growth and tackling new things all the time. And to do that, we have to put ourselves over that line. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and when we're doing it with other people, so I hear all the time in, in Scare Your Soul that the reason that so many people love what we're doing is that they ask friends to do it with them. Mm-hmm. And that whole feeling of an accountability friend or accountability buddy with you is so powerful. Because um, it's not my personal jam. I, I'm actually motivated by other things other than accountability. Mine actually has to do with service. But for, for a lot of people, it's about being accountable to somebody else. And so we have tons of people who do our challenges with somebody else. They email each other. They text each other. Um, they do the challenges together. They may not even share it online or with anybody else but they're doing it because somebody else is doing it with them. And that, that is also a huge part of this. You're never like really on your own. There's this community around you that's doing it with you. And people kind of audit it for a while where they kind of like, <laughs> going on, and they, see your, they see your stories and they see my stories. And, and then all of a sudden they're kind of ready and they call a best friend and they're like, Hey, listen, you I really would like to do this thing. Would you do it with me? And that's, that's been a huge, huge bonus. 
to this whole thing is people who kind of do this stuff with other people. Yeah. And I'm really glad you touched upon service actually, because maybe we can get into this because that's the other thing that Scare Your Soul has given me. We have this innate want and desire to give to others. That's who we are as humans. But in, in the course of our lives, fear kind of makes us be like, okay, well, what will I get out of it? But from Scare Your Soul, I've learned that you know, like, okay, I could do this for someone, but that, but what, what am I getting out of it? And, and that's kind of like a story that has been cultivated or I experienced, or at least what, what will be the gratification for me? But Scare Your Soul has allowed me to be of service in a sense and get back to doing it just to do it. So if you could tell us a little bit about why service is your motivator. Sure. So one of the first lessons in positive psychology, Psychology 101. This is a little technical, but it's, there's a concept called the hedonic treadmill. The hedonic treadmill is whatever you end up getting materially in your life, um, you get used to, you get comfortable with. And, and as you raise that bar, you never get comfortable with it. So you, if, if you think that being a millionaire is going to make you happy, when you get to be a millionaire, you're going to want to be a billionaire. And this 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 concept we can all see this in our lives in so many ways you think that that new iphone is going to make you super super happy and productive and maybe for a week it may feel that way and then all of a sudden it's just another gadget and you know that is that that was a a total realization to me because i live that life of if i get this x is you know if i get y you know x is i'm going to feel like x and um once you get disassociated from that, that opens up a whole new world of service because you realize that actually it's through service that you gain the, the intrinsic things that make you happy, which are strong social relationships, um, a sense of purpose, sense of meaning, sense of pride. That's what makes us happy, not that new car or a, a promotion at the, at the office. So once I kind of wrapped my head around that and actually truly believed it and not just believed it mentally, but believed it emotionally and in my heart, service became really, really powerful to me. And I'll give you just a, an example of how I think it relates to overcoming fear. And, and so when I was growing so I'm a terrible singer. I'm like the, I have the worst. <laughs> First of all, my voice is loud and annoying to begin with, but actually singing could be one of the worst things you could ever experience. And um, I actually had a choir teacher growing up who actually told me that it would be okay just to mouth the words. Like, I didn't actually have to sing. I'm not kidding. Like, who says that to a kid, right? And, but like, I, I heard that, and I was like, oh, crap. Like, and so I internalized that, and it, it actually affected me. Like, I'd be at concerts, and everybody would be singing, and I would be, like, mouthing the words because I felt like this was – I was just awful and it, I felt a lot of fear around it. So given who I am and what I do, I knew I had to address this somehow. <laughs> so one of my first serious soul challenges was actually picking up a guitar and going and singing in front of a restaurant, like a, bu a busy restaurant, brunch, Sunday morning, me, guitar. Okay. Like, yes. so you can imagine how I felt. And so I had to like gin myself up to how was I going to do this? How was I actually going to get out of the car with my guitar and, and do this? And I had this little mental trick that I've done ever since. And that was 
not thinking about how that was going to affect me, but how could that actually be of service to the people that were around me? Mm. And I began to think, well, it's going to be pretty funny. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be kind of different and surprising. They're probably going to smile and I'm going to be awful regardless. So how can I serve them in that moment? Mm. And it totally changed my paradigm. I went from being like so inwardly focused. How am I going to do? Is it going to be terrible? Is it going to be okay to being like, I'm going to use this as a tool of service to these people. Mm. And it, it actually happened that way. Like, they, I was awful, mm-hmm. but <laughs> they loved it. Like, who wouldn't love somebody who actually did that? <laughs> and it, like, it, uh, they were smiling and laughing. They, they opened my guitar case and were throwing dollars yeah. in. Like, <laughs> it was awesome. So that one little experience kind of shows you what, how a service mentality can unlock us to be able to walk through fear in our lives. It, it stops being about us and it starts being about other people. And I can remember a call that I had to make to a friend. He had invited me to be part of his son's bar mitzvah. And after he had, I didn't put it in my calendar, what I did do was book a trip to Bali at, for the same time. <laughs> Classic makes up. So I knew that I was, had this non-refundable ticket to Bali and I knew that I had committed to be part of his son's bar mitzvah and I was doing nothing about it other than feeling like the worst mm-hmm. human ever. Mm-hmm. And I, I had what we call in Scare Your Soul one, a tough conversation. I, I picked up the phone. I knew I had to do it. And I said to him, I'm just going to own this. I screwed up. I totally screwed up. And I will tell you, that moment transformed our relationship. He said to me, the fact that you picked up this phone and are so emotional tells me more about your friendship than participating in any event. Mm. And by the way, we're going to do something just for family the week before. So would you come and be part of that? So picking up the phone and owning it and walking through that feeling of uncomfortability changed our relationship forever. And I will tell you, like, I was going to lie. I was going to, I was trying to figure out what could I do to avoid this conversation. Mm -hmm. And just walking into it changed everything. So sense of being truthful, having integrity, serving other people unlocks it. And the beneficiary at the end of the day is us. We think it's going to be somebody else, but it really is us. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't agree more because when I first started learning about mindset and manifestation, and I've talked about this on my show, I owned up to like, I got so focused on manifesting, quote unquote, that I was saying, okay, what do I need? What do I want? And then I had this realization a week ago, why am I asking, what can I get? Why am I not asking, how can I serve? Like you said, biggest paradigm shift, because now it's just like, you realize honestly too, you can feel it like viscerally, how much we have inside to give. And (laughs) like, no wonder I was feeling restless because I have all of this great, beautiful energy to be giving people. And like you said, it doesn't have to be this huge thing. It's picking up the phone and calling someone. It's meeting a friend for a walk when you don't feel like it. It's just showing up. That's it. It's, it is those little acts and, uh, and you're right, we have so much to give. Um, we have an infinite amount to give and the opportunities to do so present themselves all the time. 
So it, it's just, to me, it's about identifying them, seeing them as the gifts that they are. Like I spoke to a group of teens recently, it was the National Honor Society. Mm-hmm. And they asked me to keynote. I was actually probably more nervous about giving that speech than I was for a TED talk. Like mm-hmm. I felt so much pressure to say the right thing and, and, to, and to somehow be inspiring at, at the end of their high school career. And they had, they had done so much. And I thought about it and I thought like, this is what I said. If you look at, if you, if you take a legal pad and you write a line down or a journal and you write a line down the middle and on the left-hand side, you write down the top 10 pleasurable moments in your life. Like things that you just like were in your element, you were loving and you were on a beach and your sun was coming down and you're reading a book and it was amazing. 10 of those. And on the other side, the top 10 like worst moments, biggest challenges, things you weren't expecting that happened that were awful. And then you look at them and you say, what formed you as a person? What made you who you are? It's not the stuff on the left, it's the stuff on the right. And so to look, and I've had so many of those moments where you think it's the worst and you think it couldn't get worse than it is, that that ends up truly being the gift that shifts you in a way that you never expected. Mm. And um, when, I, uh, when I got divorced and I became a single parent and I thought to myself, I, was, I moved, moved out of a beautiful home to a tiny apartment. Um, I had just switched jobs and I, I didn't know what I was doing professionally. Um, I was trying to raise these two kids. I didn't even know how to like hold one in one arm and get the other in a car seat at the same time. And I remember standing outside my car in the middle of the pouring rain, thinking to myself, how will I ever do this? I am, I am a failure in every possible way. I couldn't be a husband. I'm failing as a father. I don't know what I'm doing professionally. And I look back now at that moment, standing in the room, remember it literally like it was yesterday, was a turning point for me. Mm-hmm. I realized, you know what? This is my opportunity to own this. This is my opportunity to be the best dad I can possibly be. This is my opportunity to take my life, which feels so crappy right now, and make it what I want it to be, not what somebody else is giving me or mm-hmm. partnering with me on. And I literally, I look at that moment now as one of the biggest gifts that I've ever had. So positive psychology is just the study of that. How can we put experiences and interventions in our lives that are going to, at the end of the day, make us happier and make the people that we love happier? Mm-hmm. And Scare Your Soul, is, it's just a tool. It's, it's, a, it's a tool to be able to encourage ourselves, gives our, give ourselves permission to do the things that at the end of the day are going to make us the happiest. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it is, we have infinite opportunity yeah. to make our lives better in the lives of those around us. And I wouldn't just say those that we care about or love or want to support. It's like you said, the person you bought coffee for. Like, think about how much joy, like that, I guarantee you that person still thinks about it. Mm. Right. I guarantee it. Yeah. That person, when they, when they need a little boost, they probably think of you. 
Oh, that's so nice to think about. <laughs> yeah. What a gift. What a gift. And all it was was literally something that you could do every single day. Mm-hmm. You could turn to somebody and, and, and give them a cup of coffee. So sometimes I look at Scare Your Soul as, as, as these small, you know, again, small little challenges. Mm-hmm. But really, they are, when you string them together, it becomes a life. It becomes a life of courage, a life of service. And I almost broke out in tears because the list thing, thinking about that, you know, it's it's so funny because I think I would have to sit down and really think about, okay, top 10 best moments of my life. Like you said, there would be some moments on the beach and moments with friends, but immediately the ones that were horrible, but then changed my life. I could picture it. I could, like you said, I could see myself standing in them or being in them. And it is true. Every time it's like this pivotal moment. And I actually met with a friend the other day because a lot has been going on for me. And he said, what if you stopped asking why? And said, it is perfect. It is perfect. No matter what is going on, it is perfect. Thank you. And I was like, wow, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) That little, little mindset, you know, I get a flat tire. Thank you. You know, and it was funny because flat tire is a good example because um, Lindsay and I had gotten in a small, silly argument in the morning and I went out and I went for a run and then my tire pops and she has to come get me and we're both laughing. And I'm like, you know, this is worth it. It's worth having right. to get tired to be laughing together. Because we're I, know. So. I know. I know. <laughs> and when you, and listen, why shouldn't we lead our lives that way? Yeah. Like we, we, um, somebody asked me recently, like, could I boil down positive psychology or mm-hmm. boil down you know, what positive psychology means to me. And to me, it's this happiness, which again, to me is the root of everything. Mm-hmm. That's, to, that's why I do all of this for myself and for others is for happiness is happiness is a choice. Mm-hmm. That's it. If you had to write one thing on my tombstone, it's happiness is a choice. And when you wrap your head around that, it's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And I could go into, there's, a, there's a, a lot of data around happiness set points and our ability to, to, to raise that set point based on our own actions. There's an amazing researcher, I actually just met her. I was like, totally like, I could barely speak when I met her because I was like so blown away. Her name is Sonia Lubomirsky and she's at UC Riverside and she did all of this research around our ability to create our own happiness in our lives and now neuroplasticity um, factors into it and our ability to change our own brains through our own thought processes. But it's like, I'm only here once. Why don't, why shouldn't I view life with gratitude? Why shouldn't I be courageous? Mm -hmm. What's the worst thing? Tim Ferriss does a lot around this. He does a lot of work around worst case scenario thinking that when you run into a situation and you think to yourself, okay, what is the worst thing that can happen if I did this? Chances are it's not so bad, right? right? <laughs> and so when you have a flat tire, no one's going to argue that you planned on having a flat tire or that a flat tire feels great in the moment. But if you can actually work yourself around to thinking, how is this a gift? How can I use it to serve myself and to serve others? Um, what did this open up for me? Maybe it's patience. Yeah. I mean, I remember being on a, I was co-leading a wonderful retreat in Costa Rica and Uh, My co-teacher was talking about standing in line at the grocery store and you're behind like three people and they're taking forever. Mm -hmm. And what are you going to do with that moment? You can't go anywhere. Um, 
how about using it to express gratitude, patience? How about breathing? Mm -hmm. How about feeling grateful that you have a, a cart or a full of beautiful food? Mm -hmm. Why shouldn't we lead our lives that way? Yeah. And um, so cultivating that is a practice, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, to me, there's no, I mean, there's no better way for me to lead my life. I'm a better parent when I do it. I'm a better human when I do it and I'm happier. Yeah. So it's, it's a practice like anything else. Mm -hmm. When you get off of your yoga mat and you don't get on for six months, there are going to be some strains and sore muscles mm -hmm. when you get back on, but we can always get back on. Mm -hmm. And um, when people say, oh, you know, I, I, your ambassadors are so impressive and, and you guys are all doing these amazing things to me, it's about like, what? no, it's about starting right now. Mm -hmm. Like today, do something courageous today, Yeah, whatever that is for you. Mm -hmm. Forget, you can't change the past, but you can change the present into the future right now. Mm -hmm. And so that's a super powerful way to look at life. Like do it now. Embrace, a mo like t tell me something that you're like, what's a fear that you're kind of like struggling with now? What, what's present for you in your, in your life? And you're so accomplished and you're doing so many amazing things. But is there something that you feel like is kind of a, a fear that you've been struggling with? Yeah. And it's actually ironic because since I have a podcast and I Instagram story a lot, but it's a good one because even though I'm very extroverted, I have these times of like, when I'm not putting myself out there, I am hit with like fear. Like it, it is it, when I'm when I'm having people on the show, it's not like this easy, I get nervous before and I get scared and my mind's like, what if something comes out? What if you say something stupid? What if you offend someone? Like there's always these stories, especially when the more people that are hearing you, the more your mind is like, well, what is everyone going to say? And that's a fear that I'm still working through. You know, we talked yeah. about caring what other people think, but that has become the new line chasing after us is what other people think. And so <laughs> it's constantly just, you know, as a speaker practicing, okay, what is the worst that could happen? In the macro level, I will be doing so much good. If the micro is one person who's upset, then maybe one day they'll learn that that's something inside of themselves. No, it has nothing to do with me. And so that's something I'm constantly working at, which is, you know, stepping into that fear and owning whatever happens for whatever I say that's going to be fine anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and then and then and the magic of it is you sharing that with me mm -hmm. makes me care for you even more and want to support you. Mm -hmm. It's it's Brene Brown through and through that mm -hmm. in sharing vulnerability and sharing the fears that we all have. My my mentor Tal Ben Shahar calls it the permission to be human, just the permission to feel fearful, angry, uh, jealous, yes. and and own it. Mm -hmm. It allows it to flow through us and for us to walk through it. If we don't own it and we stifle it and push it down, it stays. Mm -hmm. And so the ability, so the fact that you just said that, like, first of all, I think you're amazing. I, I, I'm so inspired by what you're doing and you telling me that you have some fear around it makes me care about you even more <laughs> and want to support you and, and do everything I can to, to help you because I know that you feel that way. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's why, you know, the concept of sharing our vulnerabilities, sharing our fears, not only gets us 
through them, but it helps other people too. And you are like an ace at doing that. You are so open and vulnerable and, um, and I hope you know the impact that you have on others through that. That is so powerful. Thank you. Well, right back at you for sure. Thank you. Thank you. It, it takes, it takes practice. You know, it's, it's far harder to say, here's what I'm going through. I was crying for the past three days. Then like, Oh, here's the new thing that I got <laughs> because it, you know, sharing our, our darkness. I want to say, you know, we have a light side, we have a dark side. There's a shadow self there. You need light and you need dark. So I think yeah. that I've been thinking a lot lately about we have to bring light into the dark. You know, the dark becomes darker because no one's talking about it and it's feeding in like the seething feeling I used to sink into. And it's like, if we can just talk about it, then it becomes kind of funny. Like I was stressing about blank yesterday. Like, yes. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. And, you know, to me, scary, the, the larger scarier soul gets, the more impact that we have, the more people are saying fear, fear is awesome. Like the fact that you're nervous about something is amazing because guess what? I am too. Mm-hmm. You're human and I'm human. And the fact that we can share that, like, that, like that's great. Now we can, now we can get past it. Mm. Now we can do those things. Mm. And to me, communally and as, 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 right, as like a global community, when somebody in, in Pakistan shares that, that they're doing, that they're nervous about the same thing I'm nervous about, that is that's global changing mm-hmm. and um and that's over, across border that's across age it's across socioeconomic it's across ev- it's across gender it's across everything mm-hmm. and the fact that i identify with that the same way that you do is so connecting mm-hmm. so um that keeps me that just keeps me going and energized and loving what we do yeah. I'm already thinking of all of these things after our call that I'm going to do. I'm like, okay, I definitely <laughs> I get to already bring things up that I'm like, okay. I have to now, before we wrap up, before we get to the quote, I do want to ask you, what is the hardest and maybe your favorite area your soul challenge you guys have, you have come up with and that you have done, you've done them all, but what if, if you had to choose one, is there one that stands out? You know, it's going to sound small, but it's not small to me. Um, um, it's called Love Letter. And it's, it's literally about writing a uh, raw, open love letter to, to somebody. Um, and um, to me, I wrote it to my dad um, when I found out that he, he had cancer. And um, we... Uh, we have a very open relationship, but for me to tell him how I truly feel about him and giving that to him and sharing that with him um, changed our relationship. It was hard saying some of the things that I said in that letter because I got very vulnerable and open and, um, but I'll never forget it. He'll never forget it. I will never forget the examples that people shared with me in our scarier soul community. Um, we, we would have to have a whole nother podcast to talk mm-hmm. about what, and many people, by the way, wrote love letters to themselves. Mm-hmm. I did. And, okay. Mm-hmm. And the beauty and power around that. Now we didn't design the concept. The whole concept of love letters has been around. <laughs> time began. 
but to do it all together and to do it on a particular day and then to share. So if I were to think of one, that probably would be the one that just changed everything. And, and it's just, it's a wellspring for me of just beauty and, and positivity. Yeah, I think I, I, not I think, I know I was crying one line in. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, this is going to be a long letter. Right. Like, but it was so good and it was amazing because Stephanie, who's one of the ambassadors now, actually, she works with me and it was so funny because I had mine and she was putting her stamp on hers while we were working together and was sending hers out to her family. And it was just like that feeling of, you know, like you said, the communal fear but love too love comes from that fear that's when you're allowed to love is from behind that fear is love every single time and it's the best feeling it is uh jack canfield who has only sold like 500 million books he started (laughs) the the um chicken soup for the soul concept Mm -hmm. he said um um everything that you want is on the other side of fear Mm -hmm. And, and and that's it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> my drop. That's, yeah. that's my drop. That's it. Right. That's it's, not my quote, but that's a yeah. quote. <laughs> and it's it's so true, you know. And it's just the voices can in our heads can be so cunning to to get us to stop us. But I like the I like the thought process that you explain. You know, is it safe? Will I be okay? You know, will this will this change my life? Like these little questions we can ask ourselves because is it safe? Is it okay? Those are always my first two questions too, especially when I'm trying to talk to my soul or my inner being or whatever. I'm like, am I safe? Am I okay? And then immediately after I get the go for it feeling like that's it. Yeah. Even traveling, getting on a flight. Sometimes if I'm like a little bit nervous, I'm like, am I safe? Am I okay? And it's like, get on there. You're good. Yep. Yeah. So you have shared like maybe 10,000 wisdom nuggets in this. That's what we call it at yoga teacher training, wisdom nuggets. (laughs) But if you had to share one quote with everyone to leave off the episode, what would it be? Okay. So um, it's funny. I I met an author named Cheryl Strayed. I took a writing workshop with her. She wrote Wild and Tiny Beautiful Thing. She's amazing. And she has a book called Brave Enough. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just like a series of quotes. And um, I had another quote prepared, but I literally picked this up five minutes before we got on because I want—I was nervous about this podcast too. And I wanted to like, just like, so I opened it up to one page. And I was like, whatever this quote is, is meant to be. And I'm just going to read it to you. It says, hello, fear. Thank you for being here. You're my indication that I'm doing what I need to do. The fact that you opened up to that page. Wow. That's it. Oh my gosh. On my life. So right now, this is, that's, that's the quote that is the most meaningful quote mm-hmm. to me. Yes. Thank you for sharing that because it's the most human thing we can all, you know, all connect with is that the fear is going to be there, but we have to keep on keeping on a hunt after, after the fear. We have to keep loving. We have to keep sharing. We have to keep going. So Scott, thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming on the show. Where can everyone find Scare Your Soul? How can they connect with you? And I'll have it in the show notes too, but just so people listening can know. Awesome. So scareyoursoul.com is probably the best place. Um, We're on Instagram at scareyoursoul. 
Um, if they click the join button, you'll get a daily email with a daily challenge and, and some inspiration. And, um, and we'd love for you to be part of our community. Um, we do, uh, we are um, having more ambassadors come into our world. Um, so if people are interested in leading experiences in their own community or doing challenges themselves at a slightly higher level, um, just DM me and um, we can connect and and um, and thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. I've loved it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you again. And thank you everyone for listening. If you feel anything like I feel, I feel like I just went to the best like, motivational, real ripe talk ever. And I just, I'm feeling so replenished. So thank you so much, Scott. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll, we will talk to you soon. And there you have it, guys. My interview with Scott Simon of Scare Your Soul. Scott, again, thank you so much for coming on. For anyone who is looking to learn more about Scott and the Scare Your Soul movement, the website and Instagram will be in the show notes. Also, as we mentioned in the show, because Scare Your Soul is expanding, they are looking for more ambassadors. And I'm very proud to call myself one because I have to say it really has changed my life. When you are an ambassador, you put yourself in a position to have to show up. And we all need that sometimes, right? We all need that thing that allows us to show up, that thing that makes us step into the fear that we talked about in the episode. And not only that, but you will be creating such a ripple effect of good that all areas of your life will start just falling into place. You know, I alluded to it in the show, but just... It's this domino effect of good happening, not only for you, but for all of the people around you. You know, you're paying it forward. You buy that person a cup of coffee and they buy someone behind them a cup of coffee. And it's just this happiness expansion. So if becoming an ambassador is something that sounds interesting to you, you can reach out to the Scare Your Soul team or also message me or email me. And I would love to forward that to Scott or the Scare Your Soul team. And as for me, you guys... I've just been practicing presence and appreciating my life just as it is now. And I know I said I would schedule episode releases, but LOL, because what is flowing for me right now is picking up as many shifts as I can at Orange Theory. And I've been practicing to become a spin instructor and I've been babysitting and getting babysitting jobs. And I think what has happened is because I've done so much inner work over the past few years, I just have more space. And last Sunday morning, I woke up and something had just shifted. I was present and I felt right and I felt good. And I feel like I haven't felt like that in a long time. And like I said, I think it's from all of the emotional work that I have done. And it's freed up so much space to allow in other things and really truly allow me to be present. And I'm excited to say now that I have the ability to take on clients. You know, at first it was kind of, it was too hard to, emotionally hard actually. It was too emotionally hard on me with no space in my body really to do clients as well as working these other jobs. But now I'm just ready to talk to everyone <laughs> and help people expand their mindset and help them expand their emotional bandwidth. So that is something that's really exciting. So I will put my consultation and my coaching link in the show notes. And similarly, if you just feel like you want to understand the mind more and you have been itching to learn and you want something more like a course, the evergreen version of my Manifesting Your Dreams course will also be in the show notes. And I actually got a really lovely Instagram message that I wanted to share with you guys because it just 
made my day and it's why I do what I do and why we all do what I do. And it said, Casey, I just want to let you know you totally propelled my healing. I mean, I knew a lot about spirituality and mindset, but our initial coaching call was sort of the trigger that put me over the edge and started my rapid healing. You introduced me to Eckhart Tolle, Law of Attraction, Abraham Hicks. I wasn't ready before your overview or explanation as well as your manifesting course. Also, I've never seen my sister doing better mentally and it all started with your manifesting course for her. And that is just, that is what lights my soul on fire, right? If I had never learned about manifesting and the brain and quantum physics and the reticular activating system, all of these things that I talk about in my course, I would not be here because I don't think I could have just shoved myself into spirituality and all this stuff. I needed to know science and I needed to know a little bit of the spirituality and I needed to know how things work. So if you feel like that's something you would want to learn about, I highly recommend it. I also still have the free meditation course on my website as well on my online school. So you could do both. So just something to take into consideration if it feels intuitive for you. And other than that, I look forward to talking to you guys soon. And until next time, sending all of the love and the light your way.